Hi there, guys. I have Johnny Gillett here with me. Johnny Gillett hails from Great Britain. He used to be an actor, theatre director, and he's globetrotted around 40 different countries. And now he is a professional storyteller. Welcome, Johnny, to the show. Thank you very much, Gerald. Great to be here. I'm very excited to have you here. I think I've known you for about close to five, six years now. Maybe, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's always been an interesting exchange talking with you and engaging with you. Thank you. Right. And, and before I move on, Johnny, I want you to give us a bit of an overview about what is it that you do and essentially uh, what makes storytelling so effective for business, business leaders and professionals alike. Okay. Well, firstly, whenever anyone asks me what I do, um, I simply say I work with stories. And that is as broad and as diverse as it may sound. Um, basically, wherever somebody needs a story, they could very well be engaging me to work alongside them. And that, if we're talking about the business world, we could be talking about people who are in forms of leadership, who need to be putting across vision, um, to be inspiring their employees and their team. And a great way of doing that is by using stories. In fact, there is no better way of doing it. And it's the way that we understand information. It's the way that we present our hopes for the future is by stories and images and metaphors. So my job is very much working with people to help them understand how to utilize these things that humans do naturally but when we put it into, let's say, an artificial environment where somebody has to stand up in front and give this presentation, um, there's some guidance that's needed. And so that's where I come in because I work with stories. Thank you for that, Johnny. And, and I want to come back to the point on why storytelling is such a powerful means that leaders have to influence, to teach and to inspire. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, um, I'm thinking even beyond leaders. I'm mm -hmm. thinking about parents in, mm -hmm. in, in family contexts mm -hmm. and um, in, in, a, in voluntary organizations, let's say churches, yep. where you don't have positional authority. And, and, and typical, the ordinary executive working in an organization seeking to influence his peers or her peers or even subordinates. Mm. Right. What makes storytelling such a powerful means of communication? Can you sort of elaborate and sort of speak into that? Yeah, let me try. I think something we have to recognize is that human beings understand things through stories. And a lot of the ways that we manage our own behaviors and the ways that we uh, give ourselves permission to do things and the way that we understand what it means to have the good life is based on stories. Stories that we've been told right from childhood, stories that society is constantly telling, images that are put up in front of us, whether it's through advertisements or through films and TV. Uh, all these things are feeding into story that we are carrying around with us, which is providing like a roadmap for where we can measure our own success and what we want to achieve in life. Now, when you go into perhaps a corporate setting, then that corporate uh, organization will have a story. There's a pattern of behavior. There's certain language that's used that will be nurturing 
a certain culture, a certain set of aspirations. Uh, and that is best articulated for a story. I often say that a story is this. It is a collection of great ideas and experiences that are woven together to provide a single narrative that makes a connection and elicits a response. And if you think about it, there's so many things that go on in life, so many things that we want to achieve, whether it's in work or in personal life. And when we try to talk about it, we grab all of those ideas and it has to fit into a narrative because we can only say one thing at one time. We can only give one idea at one time. But the way in which we craft that narrative gives emphasis to certain ideas. And quite often we are measuring ourselves as to what that narrative should be by the narratives that surround us. And that can be in the corporate culture, or it could be, you mentioned church earlier, it could be family. It could be any organizational community that we're in that has a narrative. We feel that our narrative works when it fits with that narrative. And people feel, yes, I can affirm that. Um, so one thing is that on the one hand, are we telling stories to help people to find their place within that community? But also it can work the other way. When we tell a story that appears to go against certain ideas, then that could be said to be provocative. But what I mean by that is also it provokes thought. It gets you to think again. It gets you to think critically and to analyze. So in either of those situations, what we're doing is we're creating a narrative and that narrative is speaking to the narratives that are already existent, and it makes some kind of connection, and it elicits a response. And that response can be, yeah, okay, let's do it. Or that response can be, I'm not so sure. Hang on, tell me more about that. But either way, those responses are something that we could work with. Right. I really like the fact that you talked about making a connection and eliciting a res uh, response. Mm -hmm. I think that is key, right? Uh, in that sense, we are looking at it from the response side of things. So what do we want the audience to do? I was reading a very interesting Harvard Business uh, Review article that basically mentioned that the goal in every communication is to influence your target audience. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you're looking at changing their current attitude, yep. belief, knowledge, or even behavior in that sense, right? So how do we do that? becomes very key. And I think storytelling has got a huge part to play in that process. Right, Johnny, can you just sort of give us a very good example of how this comes together in, in a situation that you have experienced? I think, I think the listeners will be very pleased to see you even maybe telling us a short story if, if you have one really available, right? Well, look, I'm not sure whether it's doable or not, I'm not sure. But if you can just take us through that process, a very simple process, and then we can probably get into the methodology that you actually have and how we might be able to think about that methodology even in mm. our own context. Look, there are many examples I could use. Um, and I'm just thinking through now which would be a good one for this context. And actually, you know, um, I'll give you the example of something that happened and you can unpack it with me in a moment. So I was actually talking on this subject for, um, in Malaysia with BFM, which is a business radio station. And they had given me a challenge beforehand. They said to me, could you tell a story about our radio station, BFM? Now, I don't know this radio station very well. 
Um, and uh, they said, well, look, if you don't know BFM very well, maybe you could tell the story of another company that you know, like McDonald's or something. I said, no, 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 let me try it with BFM. It's fine. I've got 10 minutes. So then I went online. I looked at their website. I read up about them. And I have a particular uh, method that I use, a tool that I've developed that helps you to develop stories very quickly. I applied that to the information that I had gleaned. I went into the studio and I told the story. And the amazing thing was, first of all, they didn't expect me to do that. They thought because I didn't know BFM so well that I would have gone for something like McDonald's or Starbucks as a storytelling because as a company, those are companies we all know very well. But I told a story that resonated with who they are as a company. And it ended with this tagline, BFM, bringing full meaning. And what has happened since then is they've actually started using that as one of their slogans. Can you believe that? <laughs> wow, that's amazing, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, for me, what it was about was I had to understand what the company was. I had to process that very quickly. But in doing so, I was able to tell a story. The story lasted barely two minutes. But actually, the length of a story isn't important. In fact, shorter is often better, right? It's about making the connection. And that connection was made because I understood who the company was from the information they had, which was very good. But also, I was able to find images that I could present through the spoken word. And those images created resonance. And then I was able to summarize in just the three words of bringing full meaning. Those are two key things. What are the images that you are putting into people's minds? How do they resonate? And then the skill of summary. That's really important in the nature of storytelling. Right. It's kind of resonating with me as well. That um, I've heard this before, that uh, people tend to visualize when it comes, um, um, when, they actually, when they're actually asked questions or when images are put in front of them. Yeah. Right. And I, I can see how images can play such a big part in, in evoking that kind of uh, response, right? So it's, it appears to me that it's a very emotional response, John. Absolutely. There's been you know, research done on this into the whole nature of the science of storytelling with neuroscience. And there's two main things that are going on. We talk about right brain and left brain, and one to do more with emotions and the creativity, and other to do with logic and reason. Stories actually work with both sides of the brain in that respect. And what the stories do is they take you on a logical narrative, but they are also tapping into your emotions. And in doing so, they're getting both sides of the brain to communicate with each other. So there's a lot of stuff going on inside the head when a story is being told. It's very stimulating. And if I describe the right scene, you go back to a point in your life that's very similar to that, and you can almost see and smell and taste those things again. And in doing that, I've made a very powerful connection with you. You've made a very powerful connection with my story. And that's a very privileged place to be in. It looks um, like it's a skill that you can actually hone from uh, how you're describing it uh, in terms of yep. putting the images together and then coming up with the summary and, and evoking that kind of emotional response. So perhaps you can speak into the methodology that you actually use and give us a brief example and uh, how we can see it playing out in practice. Yeah, look, um, 
for a lot of stories, it's how the ideas are connected together that is really important. So let's think just about sort of a classic narrative of a young man who is working on a farm, who has dreams of becoming something greater, who knows that there are big battles that take place in some foreign land against some great enemy. And then um, he meets an old man who has some kind of magical device, who also perhaps knows his family from the past and tells this young man that he has a mission for him. Now, this is one of the most well-known narratives in the whole of humanity. They call it uh, the hero's journey, and Joseph Campbell identified this. But what is happening there is you have a number of disparate images, if you like. You have uh, a young man working on a farm, but you also have this kind of big idea of a battle that's taking place on a kind of galactic scale. And you have the sense of an old man where we've got the idea of things being passed over from generation to generation, a history, right? Now, what I use is something called the story web. This is actually my own creation. And I put ideas like this down onto a piece of paper, literally, and I draw circles, each circle, four circles, representing an idea that I want to create a story from. Then I draw lines to join up the circles. Every circle has to join another. And I think about how these ideas can be linked to one another. And through making those linkages, I start to see that I could follow a pathway that is formed by these lines. And that starts to create a narrative. Because what I'm basically doing is I'm putting a lot of ideas into a linear form. And that's what a narrative is. And it's that connection, the linking. Now, it takes a bit of thought. And what I quite often find is when people use the story web, they have to think about it several times. But in doing so, they find something they didn't anticipate before. And in doing that, they then find the narrative that they believe is actually the better narrative to use when they're actually going to be doing storytelling. So I could be doing this in a very fantasy kind of way with the ideas that I describe, but I could also be doing it with a pitch. So let's say that I've got the idea of, um, I don't know, I, okay, so I've done some work uh, particularly with uh, IKEA, the furniture store, and I was working with some of their employees or co-workers um, on how to put a pitch together for new ideas that IKEA could be putting in place. Now, when we know with ideas and pitches, we could be talking about who, what, where, when, why, these kinds of questions. So we took four of those. We put one each in the four circles of my story web, and we started to look at how the why was related to the what, and the what was related to the who, and the who to the when, and all the others. And in doing so, what they started to do was create pitches that did not start with the why. This is what most people do in a pitch. Why do you want the money is the question they are anticipating. And they go to answer that straight away. But what if you started with when? If you were to say, like, do you remember when it was Chinese New Year and the stores were jam-packed and we had those massive queues? We had a problem. And then they can start talking about that problem. They put the image in the mind of the queues that were there jamming up things in Ikea. It's a very emotional image. has a lot of frustration associated with it. So we need a solution, right? So in starting with the when, we have something that's seen immediately as a problem that needs some kind of resolution. Yeah? But also if we start with the who, we could talk about 
people coming to the store, same situation, but we look at the personal journey for someone and their um, frustrations in trying to just to pay for something and thinking, I'm just going to walk out of here because I can't be bothered to wait. Yeah. So you see, by putting it into a story web, what we do is we find a different way to start the story and we actually find, quite often, far more compelling narrative. Right. It's interesting you, you talked about the hero's journey. I think that is something that I have uh, uh, been exposed to before, right? Oh, yeah. It's quite a common it's way of common. narrating yeah. a particular story. And perhaps I think it doesn't work in all situations. And, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. My mind tells me it doesn't work in all situations because it's quite difficult to relate your own story to the hero's journey in that sense, you know, sometimes. Yes and no. I think... Yeah, look, there's no one story that's going to suit every situation. But I think the more experienced storyteller perhaps is able to spot the aspects of the hero's journey story that would be most relevant to the situation you're speaking in. And one of the things that I find is probably the most universal in the hero's journey is the nature of challenges and failures that lead to learning so that you can finally overcome the big obstacle. And that is a, a life experience that I think we can all relate to. Um, and that probably is the, what should I say, the, the, the chapters of that story that we could perhaps use the most. The whole thing of the humble beginning um, and overcoming the great enemy, yeah, they have relevance as well. But I think the the challenges and the sense of failure, but the learning from that and then being able to get up on your feet and achieve something greater, that's something as a story that we can use in many situations. Right, right. So what I'm hearing you saying uh, is that we can use the hero's journey as long as you can relate it to the context that yeah. uh, we're trying to communicate, right? Mm. Uh, context is so important. Yeah, context. And, and the approach that you talked about, the story web, Mm. That's quite interesting as well because it starts from your own personal ideas that you have that you want to communicate. Right? It Essentially, it's sort of a brainstorming session. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just brainstorming out there, yeah. mm. right? And you're trying to see how it connects to each other, yes, and where potentially you want to start and where potentially you want to end. And depending on the audience that you are speaking to, you may decide to use a particular segment of the story to to focus on. And perhaps not the whole thing. Would that work in this particular context, John? Yes and no. Um, that is certainly a, a skill. And actually, a lot of the work that I do in the pitching uh, training is I find that a lot of people struggle with being able to fit what they have to say in the time allowed. And quite often what happens is the time that is given to a pitch is reduced as well. That's a big challenge for people who are not used to speaking. Um, and... So what do you do? You either summarize the story or you choose the nugget, the bit that you're really going to focus on. And that's a choice to be made in the moment, perhaps. Uh, but the ability to be able to do that, the confidence to be able to do that, that takes quite a bit of experience, really, and you know, self-belief. But also what it really requires is that you know the story well. What I mean by that is you know your material, you know your, you've done your research, um, you understand the context that you're speaking and you know the needs of, or the desires of your listener. And then you can speak right to that. And it's getting everything down to being, 
what shall I say, focused and impactful. Right. There's another piece that I hear you talking about that is about understanding your audience and where they're coming from mm. and what their needs are in that sense, right? Yeah. And connecting your ideas to meet those needs. Yes. So it looks it looks quite complicated at the same time as well, Johnny, when you're talking about You know, it. I think How the more we get into it, the more complicated it can seem. And this is something I have to constantly reassure people about. I get people who say to me, it's fine for you, Johnny. You used to be an actor. You've been doing this for decades. You know, sure, you can do it naturally. And I said, well, actually, let's just stop a minute and remember that we all tell stories naturally. Whenever we meet someone, what we do is we talk about a recent experience, our journey to that place, the weather, something that happened last night with our friends, our family, right? And what we are doing is we are adapting what we're saying based on the responses we can see on the face of our listener and in their body language. And so we are used to doing all of this. It's just the artificial situation that puts the pressure on and we forget that we can do it. So I'm reassuring people of that. But the key thing really is, I say to people is, um, as a storyteller, you have to be a great listener. So I have to be able to pick up the cues. I have to recognize the context that I'm in of the person. And then the key thing is, what do I really want? What is it I'm about in this situation? Because if I know that, then that's like my North Star. That's what will guide me. And so I can drop a lot of other stuff. And as long as I'm able to articulate what I want. Now, okay. You tell somebody to articulate what they want out of life. That's quite difficult, right? <laughs> but, but it's just something we need, right? If we can articulate what we want in this moment, then we all the rest of it we can pull into servicing that vision. Right. I think you, you mentioned another key skill here in, term, in terms of being able to tell a good story is we need to be listening very intently. It needs to be very deliberate in that sense. As to know, you may have a couple of stories within you and uh, and depending on where the stakeholder or the client or the customer or the person that you're dealing with is coming from, you need to basically draw out the right stories that will make the right impact or influence the person in the, in the way that you seek to, right? Absolutely. Does that kind of make sense, John? It does very much. And, you know, you need to have your eyes open all the time. You need to have your ears and your eyes open because I found that so many situations I walk into the story that I thought I might be telling is not the story I tell in the end. Uh, because I realize that the situation has changed or I just see something that inspires me to tackle it a different way. Um, and you've got to be open. You've got to see, you know, and recognize. Uh, so it's, it's a real, um, there's a real need to have your observation skills switched on. Right. I think it's quite interesting you're saying that because we also need the ability to improvise, right? And I've heard and I've been in many situations where in professional contexts where the person at the other end of the table or or the person in front of me turns around and tells me, let me tell you a story. Yeah. I don't know whether you've heard that before. Yeah. It's quite interesting when they go along that mode, right? Mm. And, and you are sort of bracing yourself for something quite interesting. And you are actually listening quite intently as well. Yeah. I mean, when someone somebody approaches you from that perspective, you are automatically turned on. Yeah. There's something about that phrase, let me tell you a story, where we kind of switch on another part of our brain when we hear it. And we go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Take me on a journey. 
Right. And when you talk about taking me on a journey, uh, John, I think it also speaks into the fact based on what you've described that this is really a skill that needs to be honed and that comes with practice. So you talk about story practice, right? Mm. And what best advice that you will leave with people who are listening in, in terms of how they can actually hone this skill in that sense, you know, to make it as fast as they are day-to-day living, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, one thing you can do is read and listen and watch more stories. And that can be fantasy, it can be uh, soap opera, it can be uh, stories from uh, history, stories of other people in the same business as you, but be soaking up narratives because you get used then to that structure and you end up with all these ideas and um, images that you can use as resources. You know, stories will stick with you and you can say, ah, what you've just said to me in this situation reminds me of something. Let me tell you a story. And then you, you tell it, right? You've got it there. That's the one big thing you can do. The second thing is this. Exercise your skill of visualization. So be thinking to yourself, um, recall memories. Think about places you've been, places you've loved, or at the end of the day, just try to think of some key images and really look at them in your imagination. Because I found that, this is a phrase I use, if you can see the story, you can say it. So again, you know, I was saying to you about how you need your, like your North Star, what's your vision? That's a metaphor, but actually literal as well. What is it you see? Because you can hold that in your mind and then everything else can fit in there, but you need to have strong visualization. Right. And, and, and somehow it leads me to the, I don't know if there's a third component to it. What about the communication aspect of it? Uh, communication uh, skills? Yeah, you know, firstly, I, if you have a strong personal connection with your subject matter, generally the communication skills will fit, just fit in naturally. Because you, as I say, you know, we have this natural propensity for telling stories as a species, as the human race. And when something really means something to us, it all fits right and we just tell it. So find your personal connection with something. But that said, there are many things that we have to express and talk about that we have to work really hard to find a very deep emotional connection with. And that is perhaps where some coaching is helpful having some communication and presentation skills coaching. Um, you know, someone who can point out to you uh, just some of the habits that you might have that might work against you in communicating well. Um, that's going to be invaluable in enabling you to be more aware. But uh, yeah, make a connection. Those are very uh, exceptional sort of uh, valuable strategies that you've described, Johnny. I'm just thinking if... Uh, professional, right? Mid-career professional mm. who wants to start utilizing storytelling as part of their toolkit. Mm. Where is the best place for them to start practicing the skills? So they they could be part of a family, they could be part of a community, or even in a professional context. Okay. Where do you so, think is the best place to start? Yeah, I think certainly storytelling within a family context is good. I mean, it depends on the age of the kids, for instance. Let's say that you've got younger children, tell them a story every night. That's great for you as a parent with your kids. 
but also that will enable you to exercise some of these things in your brain that you need those synapses built up in your head and the confidence with them. So that's a very simple thing you can do. But I would also say in the professional context, what you need to be thinking of is how can I put a story in here and taking that opportunity. And the stories can be, when did this happen to me? To tell a story about your own learning, your own personal experience. Or here's an illustration of. So when did this happen for someone else? Or have I heard about this? And you can search on the internet for all sorts of stories, if you like, and experiences of people who have uh, perhaps been through a similar situation. And the other one is, uh, this is a bit like. Okay, so this is more, more using a metaphor or coming up with some kind of parallel situation. And if you can look through any presentation that you have to give and think, okay, can I give a personal experience here? Or can I give an illustration? Or can I say this is a bit like? Those would be your opportunities to use a small story. And this is a bit like actually can be a story that's just a couple of sentences. But you're getting it started and you're building your confidence. I think that's fantastic, John. It's all about getting it started and building your confidence, right? So essentially what you're talking about is grabbing those opportunities that we have, either in a home setting that we are part of or even in a professional setting, those three questions that you actually ask. I think that's going to be very, very crucial. And I think it's quite easy to do as well if you apply yourself to it in that sense, right? And yeah. and I'm also thinking you could be making some uh, mistakes along the way. It may not come out as smoothly as you expect, but you're going to be learning as you go along. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is you've got to be trying, right? And then you'll pick up, yeah, okay, this didn't work here. Why was that? And okay, I'll try again. And just as the story of the hero's journey, the hero had to try a number of things. He tripped up, but he learned something from it. Right, Johnny. Thank you for your time, Johnny. And I'm also thinking about people out there who might be motivated and committed to take their storytelling skills or seeking to hone these skills uh, a bit more in a deeper way kind of thing. How do they actually reach out to you and connect with you? Perhaps you talk about coaching and, and communities and things like that. You know? How can they be part of what you are doing and how could you actually help them? Yeah, well, look, I'm actually starting um, an online, what I call micro-module, uh, series in storytelling and story practice um, and the storytelling is at the front of the sessions and that's going to be something that will be kicking off in September. Look, people can look me up by looking up something called the journeymantheatre.com. Uh, that's very much my theatrical side as a storyteller performer but that's a great way to get in contact with me and I can you know, provide information on resources that I have uh, coaching that I can give, or maybe you can join our micro-module program as well. Um, but there are many other uh, exponents of storytelling as well. So, you know, search the web. Look for people like David Hutchins or Annette Simmons. These are big names in the world of storytelling, and I'm sure they have many resources. Well, Johnny, thank you for your time. It's been a fantastic and a great session. I've learned a lot myself, and I intend to put some of these skills that you talked about into practice, right? There you go, guys. Johnny Gillett, professional storyteller, creator of the story practice, sharing his insights, how you can actually bring storytelling into your own environment, be it in the professional context, in your homes, or in the community that you're part of. Go ahead, make a ruckus. Bye for now.